Hi everyone, welcome back to Views from Third Man. Um, so the India versus New Zealand Test series is starting soon, and this is the first time that I'm actually previewing a Test series as big as this one, an overseas Test series, which is actually very exciting because Test cricket is my favorite format of the game. So this is something I'm really excited about, and I hope all of you enjoy it. So the first thing I want to talk about is the pitches in New Zealand. That might be a strange way to start, but New Zealand uh, traditionally has green tops. They're not flat tops, they're green tops, meaning the ball swings around a lot. And Trent Bolt, Neil Wagner and Tim Saudi will be their starting bowlers. Kyle Jamieson, I think, will get a debut if New Zealand wins one of the games. But um, India also has a very good fast bowling lineup with Bumrah, Ishant and Shami. So that does bring the question whether New Zealand should still go about preparing green tops for, all the, for everyone to play on. But I think they will eventually go do that and back their strength. But I think the fast bowlers, Trent Bolt and Jaspreet Bumrah basically cancel each other out. Tim Saudi and Mah- and Tim Saudi and Ishan Sharma are fairly similar kind of bowlers. I think New Zealand have a little bit of an edge in the fast bowling department because Shami is very good with the reverse swing, but Neil Wagner adds that extra pace and bite to their attack, which I think only Jaspreet Bumrah provides in the Indian attack, whereas all three of their bowlers, be it Bolt, Saudi or Wagner, provide bite to that attack. So I think it's a bit more deadly than India's. Then if you look at the batting, so what's New Zealand's batting core? It's Ross, it's um, Tom Latham at the top, followed by Kane Williamson at three, and then Taylor at four. What's India's batting core? It's Pujara, Kohli, and Rahane. Right now, on the basis of current form, Latham and Taylor are in very good form. Rahane has just come into form, so is Pujara. So I think those factors are fairly similar. You know, where if any of those players scores well or plays well, the team will do very well. I think the clinching factor is Virat Kohli versus Kane Williamson in this series on a purely statistical basis because Kane Williamson again he's coming back from injury, so he will have time in the Test matches. But you don't know what's going to happen with his shoulder and Virat Kohli. Um, he has a great amount of workload on him, as I've explained in previous podcasts. Since 2014, Virat Kohli has been the lead batsman for India across all formats. And after the while, with the, with the, with the amount of emphasis he puts on his fitness and how much he works towards his fitness and the game, both technically and physically, he's changed his diet, become vegan, and everything he's done to help Indian cricket and become a better player. After the while, it does take a toll on one's body, and his workload ever since the World Cup has been immense. I mean, India played the ODIs against the West Indies in the West Indies, came back, played Bangladesh and South Africa in test matches. Virat Kohli was rested for the T20s against Bangladesh, but that, those happened in the span of a week. Then South Af- then we played South Africa in T20s, we played Australia in T20s and ODIs, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm not sure. I think it was just ODIs, though. And now India has come to New Zealand. After this, we go and play South Africa. Then the IPL comes along, followed by the T20 World Cup in November. So he will get a break between the tour of South Africa and the T20 World Cup. But there may be an Asia Cup in there. So Virat Kohli's workload is going to be a lot. And I think the Indian team management needs to find a way to manage that properly. With Rohit being injured, Kohli sort of has to play every single game. Because we have a very young side going through a bit of a transition since the end of the World Cup because that does happen after every World Cup. It's the beginning of a new cycle. Some players leave, new players come in so you need some senior players to stay over there. With Rohit and Dhawan injured, the pressure on Kohli is even more than before. And... So even if he doesn't get runs, he needs to provide a calming influence in the side across all formats. So therefore, I think Virat, what Virat Kohli does in this series is going to be a key. 
Now, there's one other player for New Zealand that I want to briefly touch upon before talking about the Indian opening because that's always just a topic of discussion in Test cricket for the last two years. It's been who opens for India, and in One Day cricket, there's a, a particular problem that we had till the World Cup called number four. Um, so New Zealand has a wicketkeeper known as B.J. Watling, who's actually played really well over the course of the last 18 months. I think he bats at seven and averages around 45, which is incredibly good for the wicketkeeper. And I actually want to see how New Zealand's batsmen play Ashwin, um, because I think it's fairly um, safe to say India are only going to play one spinner. Maybe they'll play Hanuma Vihari as well to add that second sort of spin bowling option in the middle. But Ashwin ha- averages nine wickets a Test match against New Zealand, so I think how the batting lineup, especially B.J. Watling, because Ashwin tends to wrap up the tail enders and um, tear apart the openers, and then the fast bowlers usually do the zest. That's the format that India has been following. So. Um, I think how Watling handles the lower order with Ashwin coming in, trying to get wickets against batsmen who are not that technically skilled to play a spin bowler like Ashwin is going to be very important because Watling does usually just end up batting with the tail. Then let's talk about the Indian openers. So Rohit Sharma is injured, so therefore Mayank Agarwal has to open along with either Prithvi Shaw or Shubman Gill. They're both. Um, they ha- they've both been pro- portrayed as future stars of Indian cricket. The two players, along with Shreyas Iyer, who's slightly older than them, who are going to carry Indian cricket and Indian batting forward. Right, they've come straight out of the Under 19 World Cup. So, how who opens with Mayank Agarwal? Prithvi Shaw or Shubman Gill? Well, Shubman Gill averages 71 in first class cricket. Prithvi Shaw's already made his debut and he got a hundred on debut. So I think they're both very good players, but I still think Shubman Gill should open instead of Prithvi Shaw for two reasons. The first one being fitness, and the second one being the fact that when we saw in the ODIs, Prithvi Shaw he got. I saw one of the innings where he got 32. In that, he hit six boundaries and he played 30 balls. So, therefore, I don't think Prithvi Shaw really has the ability to sort of rotate the strike properly over a period of five to six hours. I don't know how he's going to manage that in overseas conditions. Therefore, I think Shubman Gill should open the batting along with Mayank Agarwal. That's where he bats, and I think after the way he's performed, averaging 71 across all first-class cricket, average about 90 in the Under-19 World Cup, Shubman Gill deserves a chance to open. So these are my views on India versus New Zealand, the upcoming Test series, and this is views from Third Man, and I'll see you next time.